What's up, guys? This is Nick of Trilogy Sports Podcast. It's about 1.45 a.m. here. Um, so I ed- edited the podcast. Uh, we recorded it around 6 o'clock Tuesday night. Um, so there was no mention of the Yankee game, uh, the classic Yankee game that just finished with the Twins. So I just wanted to post production, come on here real quick and just mention the the emotion that I went through watching that game, and I'm sure every Yankee fan went through watching that game. Um, Yankees down eight to two, and they battled back. I mean, I can't say enough about how great these these hitters are. They never give up. As bad as the pitching's been, and we talk about it in this episode, and this this game just further showed how badly we need pitching because when our starters can't even go five innings, and this is multiple games in a row now, it's going to wear the bullpen out. And uh, we saw that even the even the the big guys in the back end of the bullpen weren't sharp tonight, and that's you know a lot because we've been losing, and also the games we've won have been blowouts. So Chapman, Britain haven't gotten much work, but um, Yankees you know tied the game, went ahead. Didi had seven RBIs in the eighth inning with a two run double uh, to give them the lead. Then Britain gave up a two run bomb to Sano in the bottom of the eighth. Top of the ninth with two outs. Talkman drew a great walk. And then Hicks hit one to the sticks. A uh, go ahead two run home run. The bottom of the ninth with a one run lead. Chapman, I mean, you, you almost knew on cue he was going to make it as sketchy as possible. But my God, I've never seen. He, he was throwing 95. He looked like he had no inclination of the strike zone. He looked like he was the most indecisive. He looked like a girl trying to order food at a restaurant, just not knowing what he was going to throw. Just so indecisive. Somehow only gave up one run after walking the bases loaded to start the inning. Uh, And then after that, the Yankees battle again in the top of the 10th. Glaber Torres with an RBI single. They go up two runs. And just when you think it's over, uh, Adovino loads the bases, two outs. They bring in um, Chad Green, and Chad Green gives up a shot in the gap to uh, Max Kepler. And right off the bat, I was like, this game's over. Right, right in the gap. I, I wasted my, my entire night, five-plus hours of my life uh, to watch this bullshit. But Aaron Hicks covers a basically an entire football field length, it seemed like, and makes one of the best catches you'll ever see to end the game. The Yankees win 14 to 12. I'm exhausted. Um, I just feel felt like I needed to um, acknowledge the game. Uh, if you haven't watched, if you didn't stay up to watch the game, even if you're not a Yankee fan, check out the highlights. I'm telling you, it's one of the craziest games you'll ever see. The back and forth. I mean, this is a possible playoff preview, so it was really a great game. Um, so I just wanted to go ahead and mention it here at the start since uh, like I said, the episode we recorded prior to these games. Uh, Phillies also won an extra inning game, so a nice win there for them. And the Nationals destroyed the Rockies. Trey Turner uh, hit for the cycle. So a big night for our uh, three teams here for Trilogy Sports. Um, we talk about the trade deadline. We talk about Odell. We talk about a lot. So enjoy this episode of the Trilogy Sports Podcast. Get it together. Get your shit together, guys. Welcome to another edition of Trilogy Sports Podcast. How's everyone doing? 
I'm doing good. I'm, I'm great. Doing good. You guys have your shit together? As always. Are we fucking savages? I don't know about you. <laughs> I mean, I, I know my team is. I think mine is too. Swung on and lined to deep left field. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Aaron Judge hit a line drive. Home run to left. A Judgean blast. All rise. Here comes the Judge. Another judgment day. Four unanswered points. Tough game here. And here is RG3. He's going to run for the first down. And still on his feet. RG3 is going to outrace everybody. World champion. Three cities, three opinions, bringing you everything D.C., New York, Philadelphia. Trilogy Sports Podcast. On today's edition of the podcast, we're going to talk, the trade deadline is coming up next week, so we're going to talk about our three teams and how the trade deadline is going to affect our teams, what moves uh, they'll possibly make at the deadline. And then in the mailbag segment, we're going to get into a couple of uh, outside baseball topics, including Odell Beckham Jr. and the stupid comments he's been making. Oh, I can't wait to get into that because uh, I just have stupid, to... stupid to you, stupid I mean, to you. Go, go ahead. <laughs> you. You think those are smart comments? Don't uh, worry, we'll get on to. All it. right, we'll get we'll get into that. I can't I can't wait. I can't wait. Um, actually, I want to start off before we get into our teams. I want to start off with the Giants, but not the. New York Giants, the San Francisco Giants, because honestly, this is probably the biggest thing in baseball right now is the San Francisco Giants. They've won 17 out of 20 games. They're now only two games out of the wild card. And obviously they have probably the best pitcher available that people thought would be available at the deadline, Madison Bumgarner. Real quick, guys, if you're the San Francisco Giants, are you selling Madison Bumgarner? Yes. 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 I think I think it's pretty simple. I mean, they have no farm system, and they're not going anywhere. Like, would you expand a little more your your thoughts? So, it's not like this franchise is starved for a championship, right? I, they've won three in like ten last ten years, is it? Ten, twelve, and fourteen. Yeah, so they, they've won three championships in, within the last nine years. They're not starving to get back right this second. I mean, obviously that's your goal every year, but. They don't have the greatest minor league system to begin with because they made a bunch of trades during those World Series runs. They need to replenish that farm system. Bruce Bochy Realistically, last year. yeah, they're playing well now and they're winning games. But on paper and looking at this team, they're not going to be competitive in October. Why risk the next three to five years of your franchise when you could be getting top end prospects here for Bumgarner when his contract ends? He's probably going to leave you anyway because someone's going to overpay him for a contender. You got to get back what you can get back for him now, unless you think you have a chance to win a World Series, and and they don't. I, they're a nice baseball team. They have some young players, but that team is not winning a World Series this year. So why and, wouldn't you get your return? And I pretty much agree with what you were saying, but you got to look at it from this per, per, uh, perspective. That NL West is pretty much 
going to the Dodgers. Oh, 100%. oh, absolutely. So they're playing for a right. wild card spot, right? And they're like about I think maybe six or seven teams fighting for that wild card spot. So you have to think that they're going to fall off eventually. Would you say it was seventeen of the last twenty games? Exactly. So yeah, they're they're this hot, and it's just gotten them over one game over five hundred. They right. honestly, they don't have a good lineup. They have a great bullpen. So that's more pieces you can sell at the deadline to get more back. And honestly, they have a very tough schedule coming up. They play the Dodgers a couple times, the Phillies, the Cardinals, the Cubs. They've got a tough schedule. So for them to maintain this, I just don't think it's possible. And and, and like you said, they've won a lot. So it's not that hard to sell to the fan base. I, I mean, yeah, you want to continue this momentum, but you, you can't lose out on this opportunity. And my thing is, is you're also banking on a lot of teams in the NL to fall off, like the Nationals, the Phillies, I mean, the Cardinals. Yeah. You've got teams like that. Milwaukee. That, Milwaukee, exactly. So it's it's tough that you would have to expect for those teams to play bad in order for you guys, or not for you guys, for, but for them to continue to play well. It just, it's to me, it's just, it's not sustainable. And I think right now you just got to get, I mean, it's a nice story, but you just got to get what you can get for the current asset that you have before they leave you. Ball is driven deep to right field. Way back. This one is gone. A grand slam home run for Didi Gregorius. And the Yankees now lead 8-3. to three. So we'll uh, go in order of, uh, I guess, best to worst in terms of record with our team. So we'll start off with the Yankees, who have the best record in the American League. Um, they've actually lost two straight. We're recording this at about 6 o'clock here on uh, Tuesday night. So the, uh, the, n- none of our teams have played tonight. Um, so when you're listening to Smar, just to use that as a um, as a cap. So the Yankees have the best record in the AL. They've been playing well, um, you know, getting great contributions from it, – it just continued all season. Now Mike Talkman's on fire. Gio Urshela is just not slowing down. He's still maintaining that 300 average. He's a wizard at third. So lots of positives for the Yankees. Um, DJ LeMahieu, I mean, Matt, you opened your mouth, you know, talking trash on him. Uh, I think it was back in April. And since then, he's just been the MVP. Besides Mike Trout, he's been the MVP of the league, hitting 338. He's going to win a batting title, probably. First player in history, possibly, to win an AL and NL batting title. So that would be um, something special. So lots of positives for the Yankees. Um, I'm going to – nobody wants to hear me talk positive. So let's let's get into the negatives. This rotation. Um, it's been a concern for the past couple years and it's a concern now. And honestly, the last two nights, Paxton, the inconsistent, horrible performance he put on the other night. And then CeCe giving up four home runs last night. I love CeCe. He's one of my favorites. He's a hall of famer. Mm. God, he's at the end of his line. And I think these two horrible performances couldn't have come at better times. It's actually a blessing in disguise because last week everyone was starting to talk about how maybe this is enough. Maybe the Yankees have enough to, you know, not have to make a move. But I think these last two games have shown they need to make a move. They need to make a move for a starting pitcher. The problem is the market. What is actually available out there? I mean, there's plenty of pitchers available. We focus so hard on these top-end guys, but there's plenty of pitchers that are available that obviously are better than some guys you have on your team. Better than guys the Phillies have on their team. Oh, the Phillies, yes. But let, all right, let me let me throw this out to you for the Yankees. I, I, they need a difference maker. If they're, uh, you know, for example, a Matt Boyd or a Mike Miner, that's not that's not who the Yankees. Robbie Ray, those are all nice pitchers. But honestly, 
At that point, I'd rather send out Tanaka, Herman, Paxton, and then Green as an opener with possibly Severino if he's back. None of those guys are better than the guys I just named. I, Here's I the problem, be- though. You, we've talked about this, and you keep bringing up Chad Green, who's been fantastic as an opener. But ideally, you don't want Chad Green opening in a playoff game. Chad Green's a good fit for your bullpen in a playoff game. Yes, we have- if you need a starter that can get you through four or five innings and then turn it over to that bullpen and let your bullpen shut a game down. Okay, well then, in this case, would Mike Miner? would I have more faith in Mike Miner going into a playoff game than Jay Happ or CeCe Sabathia? Honestly, you should. Uh, honestly, I, I, what has he ever done in the postseason? What, what, what is his track record? I'd rather send CeCe out there for four innings or Happ out there for four innings. That's not what I'm hoping for. Honestly, if, if Bumgarner is off the table, which I don't think he is, Stroman is a nice piece, but again, it's going to depend on what they're going to give up. Uh, you know, what these teams are. Apparently, Toronto's asking for a Chris Archer-like haul, which for Marcus Stroman, I think that's a little much. He's not, you know, the only proven commodity, the only starting pitcher proven commodity is Madison Bumgarner. You know, Cincinnati has a pitcher who's pitched like an all-star this year, has over 60% quality start ratio. Uh, you guys might look into and getting a- him. Not a psych. Uh, You're not talking about. I'm not talking about uh, Castillo either. I am talking about one Sonny Gray who left your Yankees rotations, been pitching fantastic. Yeah, great. He's pitching in front of 10,000 people with no pressure in Cincinnati. Congratulations. Is it where he's pitching, or is it the Yankees pitching staff? Because this isn't the first time we've seen a pitcher go there and not pitch well, and then it's always that oh he couldn't handle the spotlight. But what if it is? Well, this Yankees pitching well, staff. Well, Larry Rothschild, I'm not a big fan of him as the pitching coach. They made Sonny Gray throw 20% cutters last year. His cutter rate was as high as ever. And then this year it's down and he's been better. Lance Lynn, who was another guy the Yankees had last year, is tied for the major league lead and wins. So I get your point. I get what you mean there. But my, my main issue is the Yankees need a starter. If they go out and they trade, you know, P, uh, prospects or, or Clint Frazier – what are they getting back? They don't need anybody for the, 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 seat, the division. The Yankees have the division wrapped up. Whoever they're getting is for postseason starts. And are these guys that they would be getting, are they going to guarantee you a good postseason performance? That's all we're looking for at this point. We well, don't need starters to get through the season anymore. Well, I heard you say Bumgarner and I heard you say Stroman. What about Syndergaard? So, yeah, I mean, obviously Noah Syndergaard is another guy I would love to have, but I just I just don't see the Yankees and the Mets making trades. It, it, they haven't made it in recent history. They were actually talking about that all day on WFAN. Honestly, the Mets, to give up Syndergaard, I think you would have to start with Glaber Torres. And for me, that's a no. I'm not giving up Glaber Torres. I mean, if, if you can compile a package of maybe Davey Garcia, who's our top pitching prospect, Esteville Floreal and Clint Frazier for Syndergaard. I just don't think the Mets do that because, you know, looking across town and, and the thought of Noah Syndergaard winning a championship with the Yankees and then the Mets where they are, I mean, I would love Syndergaard, but I just don't think that's realistic. So for me right now, I think the only realistic top-of-the-line starter out there for the Yankees is, is Bumgarner, and is he really available? I mean – I Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, well, no, no, go ahead. Okay, well, I mean, you said – Noah Syndergaard, and you said Bum. I, clearly, the Yankees probably want Bumgarner, and I'm sure most teams would probably want them because I was going to say the Nationals could probably use him too. But there are other players out there that you guys can get. They might not be the top of the line, like Matthew Boyd on the Tigers, and 
probably a month ago, he probably would have been higher on the list, but he's been bad as of late. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I feel like you don't wouldn't have to give up too much to get someone like that, considering how bad he's been the last, what, a month and a half or so. Yeah. I mean, he is, he, he is controllable over the next two years, but that's the thing. For me, Matthew Boyd is, he has great stuff. He has great potential. But for me, he's the same as James Paxson. So in a playoff game, it's a complete toss-up. At least with Bumgarner, I know his track record. I know what he does in the postseason. I would be able to rely on him. If not, I'd rather keep the prospects and just go with what we got because, to me, Matthew Boyd doesn't make us any better. Um, so that, that, that's just my opinion. Um, time will tell. And the thing with Bumgarner is he's a rental. So, you know. No, he's not. Bumgarner's not going to agree to any trade until he gets an extension. That's why he has any contending team pretty much set up on a no trade clause because he has to agree to it first. So any team that trades for he him, wants to stay long term in New York. Who then why would he, he sign there? He's said that if he get agrees to be traded, he's going to want that extension before he goes because it's going to make his summer so much easier. He doesn't. Why would you run the risk as Madison Bumgarner that you could go to another team in a playoff run? You suck in the postseason. We saw what just happened to Kugel going into this offseason trying to get money. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not like Madison Bumgarner is an ace anymore. I mean, on a realistic, great World Series team, is it low end two, high three at this point in his career? Yeah, I mean, he's been better. He's been better his last couple starts. But, um, you know, it's it, it's going to be interesting to keep an eye on. I, I, I really am torn in terms of what the Yankees are going to do. Um, I just I I don't want to go into another postseason where we lose a have enough starting pitching. Severino is going to be a real wild card. You know, is he going to be back? Is he going to be healthy? He threw yesterday, no setbacks. So so far, so good. But um, you know, we'll, we'll see what 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 ends up happening. Um, Realistically, a guy like Zach Wheeler, a low end guy like Matt Boyd, Zach Wheeler. If the Yankees don't get a big splash, if they don't want to give up that big prospect, like you're saying, those are the guys I see. If you want someone like Syndergaard, the Mets are going to want you to take on some contract like Cano to go with it. Or the I just Labor Torres. Yeah, absolutely. And I can't see either side budging. I, I think you guys either get give up a ton, overpay, to get somebody that you think wins it for you now, one of those top-end guys, or you just settle for a low-end guy and – hope your offense carries you. See, the thing that makes me nervous right now is if, if everything stays packed, I feel like the Yankees, you know, they don't have the best rotation, but it, but the thing that makes me nervous is what if Madison Bumgarner goes to the Twins? Or what if Noah Syndergaard goes to the Astros? You know, something like that could, could like, not only, you know, it, even worse makes, makes it worse on the Yankees. So that's something else to, to hold your breath on. So the Yankees can't sit back. I think Cashman will be aggressive, but at the same time, you know, you got to realize what's out there. You got to realize what's available. Um, real quick before we move on from the Yankees, the Aaron Boone rant we played at the beginning of this podcast. Um, everyone's been talking about it. I think that it's a great thing for baseball, which, you know, so stupid. He got suspended a game. That This is something, and there was another one of Terry Collins, uh, the Mets manager, I think it was about two seasons ago, right after he got released, um, an audio clip of him flipping out at an umpire. And, and MLB wants to suspend Aaron Boone for this. This is actually, I think, the most publicity that MLB got, um, you know, in terms of, like, you know, mainstream shows that don't usually talk about baseball. This is the kind of publicity that gets baseball talked about. And instead, they want to suspend Aaron Boone. They want to – same thing with the bat flips and the – you know, this is something that could actually help baseball get back to being more popular again. And, and again, they just – they throw the, 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 the wet towel right on the fire. 
It was one game, and he made contact with the umpire. Oh, he touched his hat. I, it's depressing. <laughs> it was one game. You're making it sound like he fucking – they suspended an NFL head coach for two weeks. Like, it's a baseball manager for one game that you guys openly admit to using analytics to pick your players nine out of ten times anyway. What's Aaron saying, doing really I'm not doing? saying it affected the game. I'm just saying, <laughs> why did he need to be punished? It, 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 if anything, Aaron Boone should be rewarded because they got MLB a lot of publicity. Yeah, in MLB, um, one-game suspensions like a warning anywhere else, in any other league. It's like saying, hey, we don't really want to suspend you, but you did make contact. We have to do something. Dude, I, it's that simple. There are 162 games. Like, what does one game mean? No, it doesn't mean anything. The Yankees ended up winning that game anyway. Now, exactly. one thing. One thing I will say is that in terms of with Yankee fans, I think this rant actually Aaron Boone for me has not always been a favorite of mine. You know, some of the decisions he's made, um, you know, I, everyone calls him a puppet. I call him, you know, the baboon. I think honestly that this, this kind of shed a new light. It made Aaron Boone a little more likable and you could really see, and, and the players are behind him. He really has his players back. So you know, that's something I really do like Aaron Boone as a manager much more this year. And obviously it helps that we're winning. So if they lose in the first round of the playoffs, I'm sure I'll take that right back. Can we also talk about how it, that rant was hilarious and great, but it made no sense. His guys are fucking savages. In the Your box. guys are fucking savages in the box. What does that mean? That they will, they will battle. They will yeah, I mean, he was fight off pitches. And let them play, basically. They're savages. They, they'll work the pitch count. They'll battle. They'll get the pitcher out of there. They'll do whatever they need to do. And the Yankees have the best lineup in baseball, or one of the best. They have the best bullpen in baseball. It's just the rotation. That's- Soto with two hits tonight. First pitch. Deep left center. Juan Soto has given the Nationals a 4-3 lead here in the top of the ninth inning with his 16th home run of the season. It's crazy how... In what a month and a half things can change. I heard, oh, trade Rendon, trade Max, do this, do that. It's time to start over. But now, 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 this is for all of you that said it was over for the Nationals. I just need you guys to shut up, shut up, shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) Since May twenty fourth. The Nationals have had the best record in the league. And that's not, let's let's put that into perspective. I mean, 33 and 15 since May 24th. Re, as of late, yeah, we've been hot and cold, hot and cold the last few games, but I mean, is there really anybody better than the Nationals? I'm hearing people talk about World Series contenders. They may be coming for the Braves for the division. I mean, I think that's a little out, outlandish on the last one, but the World Series could definitely be in reach if we can get a wild card spot. But, I mean, gentlemen, what, what, do you have anything to say after what you were saying just a month ago? Well, I'll start off by saying I was always kind of perplexed by the Nationals and why they were not doing well. Um, I've said, and I said in the offseason, the Nationals have probably the best rotation in baseball. And honestly, the, the, the key to what you just said since May 24th, best record in baseball, they have a streak going right now. Um, 27 straight starts, a quality start for, for their starters. Or, or Sorry, 27 straight starts uh, where the starter has not lost a decision. So this, they've been getting great starting pitching. Uh, Corbin has really been uh, has really been good as of late. Scherzer's been uh, you know banged up, but obviously he's been lights out when he's healthy. 
Um, they, 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 they've just been pitching uh, very well. The Nationals, their lineup is finally healthy, getting back mm. into it. So uh, I think the World Series is a little crazy aspiration. Mm. But, but you know, for now, I think they're, they're going to make the wild card. They're going to be one of those wild card teams. And honestly, with Max Scherzer in a one-game playoff, I love your chances. And, and, you know, all that that you just said, that's facts. Now listen, that's called motherfucking bars, nigga. You know nothing about them. You hear that? That's I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm not apologizing for shit because I said this team was better than they were playing from the start. Go back, check the fucking tapes. I specifically said this team could easily turn this around. They have the best pitching rotation in NL East. As we're using some of your players well. Juan Soto was underperforming, and I said you had the best third baseman in the division. And I said this could happen at any point, so I'm not apologizing to you, ass. Nothing. Now, one thing, one thing that hasn't changed though is that their bullpen still isn't very good. It's still trash. So still they they, trash. Blew, they blew a game against the Braves the other night. They actually blew a game against the Orioles last week. So the bullpen is still an issue. But luckily, the trade deadline's coming, and there's a lot of uh, you know pieces available. You know, like we talked before about the San Francisco Giants. The Giants have a they got couple, pieces. They have a couple of really good relief pitchers. Will Smith, their closer, obviously, uh, yep. you know, is the top guy. But Melanson, Watson, Dyson, they have a lot of good guys. Uh, Ken Giles from the, the Blue Jays, Kirby Yates, Shane Green. So there's a lot of good relief pitchers out there to be had. I think that's the Nationals' number one target. They've got to get another guy in the back of that rotation if they're going to, you know, obviously in the postseason having a great rotation helps. But, you know, once those pitchers leave the game in inning seven or even if they get into the eighth, you still got to close out the game with somebody. Right, and I like you said, for me, I was thinking a couple of trade targets, like you already said, Dyson and Smith from San Francisco. And, I mean, there's some other guys, Givens from the Orioles, Sanchez yep. from Toronto, maybe Chris Martin from the Rangers. That I mean, name, Aaron Sanchez from Toronto is actually an intriguing name because he was a good bullpen guy who just right. sucks as a starter. Right. He's so bad as a starter. Right. So, I mean, definitely those are some people that – can definitely come in. I'm not 100% sure on what we would give up, but, I mean, I'm pretty positive going forward because Scherzer is supposed to be coming back this week. Maybe he's supposed to be playing on Thursday, uh, allegedly. So, I mean, right now, things are looking up for the Nationals. I am also worried about Zimmerman's health, but we still have a pretty deep team, so I'm not too worried about that. I mean, Howie Kendrick's Honestly, right now is playing better than Zimmerman anyway. This is true. This is true. And also, one thing I'd like to say, uh, this was something I was reading earlier. Uh, statistically, the great one through 200 games statistically has been better than the great Mike Trout. Just statistically. I'm not saying he's better. I'm not saying he's going to be better. But I'm just letting you know that right now he's on track for – career seat like a hall of fame type career so i'm just just putting that out there and at, I'm at, not, at his age he's he's yeah like, yeah he's, he's young he's, i'm not gonna discredit what the guy's doing but what makes trout so good is he's doing it consistently every single year i mean most guys you see have three or four good years a couple down years and a few good years yeah trout what makes him so good is it's every single year the guy's just a machine now, right, right, right before the trade deadline, the uh, Nationals have some big games coming up. They finish; they actually have a doubleheader tomorrow with the Rockies. But then these last uh, six games before the end of July, 
three with the Dodgers, three with the Braves. That'll be big heading into August just to further get, uh, see where the Nationals are. If they can win, let's say, four out of six against those two, those are, I'd say, the two best teams in the National League. That would really show that the Nationals are going to be a legit contender, and then hopefully they go out and they add a bullpen piece. So, yeah, I mean, the Nationals, especially in a postseason, in a short series with that top of the rotation, they are a dangerous team. I totally agree, and it's it's – I mean, I don't really care, but I'd say it's good to see them playing up to their potential. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, a lot of people thought. Well, uh, here's, here's another scary thing, though. If the Nationals make the playoffs, do you have any confidence that they're not just going to become the same playoff Nationals we've seen every year? But they don't have Bryce Harper. Well, we don't have Bryce right, Harper. What does that so mean? One. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, but seriously, of course I'd be a little I'd be a little worried considering what we've done in recent years. We've always been what the best team in the NL and then we fall off play, come playoff time. So now I guess when they don't expect much from you, then I guess maybe this is why they're performing well. And of course we don't have Bryce Harper to stink up the joint, well, so who knows? And also to play devil's advocate a little bit. How much pressure are the Dodgers going to be under in the playoffs? They are by far running away the best record in, in, in the NL. They've been in the World Series and lost two straight years. So they're going to be under some big-time pressure in the postseason. The Braves are a very young team. So, you know, you don't know really how they're going to play. So, you know, the, the NL is up for grabs. Um, obviously, the Dodgers are the best team. But, you know, like I said, they're going to be under a lot of pressure. The Nationals kind of might sneak in under the radar. And with their great pitching rotation and their good young position players, they could make some noise in the playoffs. But we're, we're a long ways away from that. And a line drive into center field. That's going to drop for a base hit. It gets past Paul. It goes to the wall. One run scores. Here comes Kingry. The Phils are going to win the ball game. Bryce Harper hits a laser out to center field. And the Phillies win it 9-8. to eight. Man, oh man. I've been taking a lot of shit from you two about Bryce Harper recently. And I'll tell you what, Bryce Harper is a man on fucking fire the last month of the season. His batting average, creeping up. On-base percentage, creeping up. 70 RBIs on the season. And he's top three in all of Major League Baseball in batting average with runners in scoring position. Overpaid, we paid him too much, this or that. The man is doing what he is supposed to do, and that is driving in runs. What do you have to say about this, Nick? Um, yeah, Bryce Harper, you know, he's, he's been, he's been doing a little better lately and he's probably going to have his second hundred RBI season in his career, barring an injury. So, uh, Bryce Harper has picked it up. Um, he's been getting hits with, with runners on base, especially I saw a stat, his average with bases empty is somewhere in like the in the hundreds, but with people on base, he's hitting in the three hundreds, which is exactly what you want to see. And I think it's kind of, could be a case of, you know, when there's nobody on base, he's going up there trying to hit a home run. But when there's guys on base, he's just, you know, taking a simpler approach, hitting the ball up the middle, trying to drive the ball. So, uh, so you know, left center field. So, honestly, Bryce Harper has had a good start to his Phillies career. Um, I did not think that Bryce Harper is a bad baseball player. All I said is that he got overpaid, N not necessarily overpaid per year, which is what you keep harping on, no pun intended, harping on. Um, but I think the... Year one, yeah, the contract looks good. What, come talk to me uh, if we're still friends 10 years from now. And, um, <laughs> we'll see what the contract looks like then. Jesus, tell me how you really feel. <laughs> well, tonight 
we play the Tigers, and Bryce Harper is going to be batting third, playing what should be universal by the time we get to that end of the contract with the DH position. So we'll get a little bit of uh, seeing what the man has to do when he just has to bat. Uh, I can't imagine the NL not adapting to the DH within the next five years. But oh, it's, it's coming. We and, have uh, to see it. As an NL, as an NL guy who watches mostly NL baseball, you guys, I want to give you a little scouting report on the, your opponent tonight, the Tigers. They absolutely suck. Yeah, so they're the bad. Phillies don't go out there. And we have Nola against Matt Boyd tonight, who and Matt, you know, Boyd's, Matt pitching. Boyd's pitching to try to get traded here. Yeah, there's going to be scouts in, in attendance. Tonight. Yep. So um, the Phillies need really to win this series, point blank. They they need to they they should really they need to sweep. I. We've won the last few series tied with the Dodgers. I mean, we looked decent against Pittsburgh, had two good games, a bad game. Signed Drew Smiley for nothing. I mean, I don't even – I think we're paying him the vet minimum. He pitched fantastic last game. I don't expect that every he game out innings. of him. He ate some innings. What, he threw seven innings of one-run baseball? No, I mean, I'm saying – no. Oh, his yeah. first start was good, but at the end of the day, he's going to also eat some innings. He, oh, he can get yeah. you, you know, third – I don't. It's a good pickup for nothing. Yeah, and here's the thing: Drew Smiley's had some a lot of success early in his career. Then he had the Tommy John. He looked very bad recently, and this year he was atrocious. But if we can get a four-five guy out of him, where we don't have to roll Pavetta out there or Ike off or Velasquez, I mean, just guys that when they go up there, I'm cringing ninety percent of the times they throw a ball because it's not where they want it to. There's no movement. I, guys that haven't put it together and we haven't approached pitching. So if you can add a guy like Smiley that might be a fourth guy in your rotation and we can make a trade for a three or two, if Arietta is going to be your three, which he's another guy. His last two starts have been fantastic. Before that, he was horrible. <laughs> There's no way around it. He's, I kind of fucking have grown to hate Jake Arietta at this point. I was excited by the signing. He's very overpaid. He talks a lot for somebody who's not performing. It, but if he's your three guy, you're not too upset. So if, if the Phillies can go out, I don't, we don't even need an ace. We don't need to give up somebody for a Stroman who they're scouting heavy. Or There's been talks about Zach Granke looking to be traded. I, I just can't see us having enough assets to get him. Because, Robbie Ray. Robbie Ray would be yeah, an ace. Yeah, I mean, Robbie Ray is the type of guy I expect the Phillies to get. That medium – that three, four guy in a rotation, I don't can't see them overpaying. To be honest, we don't have the prospects to overpay at this I, point. I, that I we, we do have some high end guys. I mean, Bomb's really good. Mickey Moniak's looking a lot better recently. We have a lot of guys that were in the futures games, but when you give up your top prospect in Sixto Sanchez to get Real Muto, it really puts you in a down situation come trade deadline because you've already given up your best prospect, your biggest trade pieces off the board. So now you're looking at giving up MLB talent in someone like a Cesar Hernandez, who's a good leadoff guy, will bat 280 to 300, not going to hit for much power. We can give you 10 home runs. You know what I mean? Somebody who now you have to give up an MLB quality player with prospects if you want to go that route. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Right now the Phillies are a half game out of the wild card in that wide open wild card, but it's going to come down to starting pitching. Um, yeah. After Nola, what is what do they have? Um, and, and then, and also the bullpen, they might start to get some guys back, but well, really the Phillies should look to add a starting pitcher and a relief pitcher. But like you said, they're, they're prospects. They don't have that great a, a farm system after trading, you know, their top prospect for a, a guy with a, a 320 um, base percentage. So, um, you know, honestly, what, what do the Phillies have to offer? And 
I'll be honest, Shu, you answer. Let me know what you think. I don't think the Phillies are making the playoffs. Well, I mean, as a Nationals fan, I don't think they're making it either, <laughs> hopefully. But, uh, no, nah, but there are – I feel like their best-case scenario for the Phillies, if they wanted to make a push at trade deadline, maybe get someone like Mike Miner from the Rangers, I mean, automatically he'd probably be, what, your number two? Yeah, yeah. two or three. Two or three. I, two or three, oh, okay. For the Phillies to and get anyone maybe... significant, you're looking at giving up someone like Cesar Hernandez – Maybe an Adam Hazley, who's a young guy they're high on, they just brought up. Nick Williams has to be dealt at this point. I I haven't seen somebody bat 300 in AAA and then come to the major leagues and not be able to touch a baseball since Dominic Brown. <laughs> and He's just a quadruple A player. Yeah, I just it's so frustrating. But, you know, another team might take him on as a project because he does have MLB experience and he's shown he can do it. He just has, hasn't been able to put it all together. So you're giving up MLB – talent and then we're going to be giving up there's going to be so much we have enough pieces to do it but if you do that you need to get somebody high end like a Granky or stroman with giles in return as well for you to empty out everything at that point because the phillies have not drafted very well uh with their first round picks are you a little concerned about your outfield depth outfield. with uh, jay bruce hurt and obviously McCutcheon gone for the season uh would you what, what do you think about your outfield so no, I'm not concerned about the outfield death at all uh, because you have a guy in Scott Kingery who can move to the outfield. He can play the infield. Uh, he's really a jack of all trades. You have Miller that can play third base. He can play outfield in the left field or right field position if needed. In an absolute pinch, you could always move Reese Hoskins back to left field for a game. Play one of those guys at first. Uh, we have options. Really, the Phillies, I have no problem with their death at any position except bullpen and pitching. Um, I think this team can score 10 runs in a given night. I think they have enough offensive talent that th- they should be a playoff team. Um, really, their pitching is what's holding them back here. And, yeah, at this point, I am nervous the Phillies are going to miss the playoffs if we don't sign a pitcher. If we get a, a two or three guy, you know, our bullpen's coming around a little bit more recently. Ranger Suarez has looked fantastic as a left-hander out of the bullpen. He was a bad starter. Looks good in the bullpen. Uh, we get Sir Anthony Dominguez back soon. Robertson finally comes back. I mean, I'm not banking on him, but if he comes back and pitches well, it's going to be a pleasant surprise. Hector Neres is starting to get a little bit of his swagger back, and he's pitching well. Um, Tommy Hunter is done for the season. They just announced today. Um, the, the frustrating part is the Phillies have bullpen guys on paper that they shouldn't be having a bullpen problem, but these guys just aren't playing well or they're injured and they suck. And that's really fucking frustrating because none of our starters can also go more than four innings after NOLA without you worrying about them giving up six runs in an inning. So if the Phillies don't acquire a significant pitcher, and I swear to God, if Matt Clintac tells me that Drew Smiley is a significant (laughs) pitcher, I'm going to go drown myself. But if they do not get a significant pitcher, this team cannot make the playoffs. And if they do, they're losing the first game of the wild card because – I have no faith that if they make it that far, they didn't ride Nola's arm into the ground. I mean, if you let's just say you somehow win the wild card and, and play the Dodgers in the first round, how is your rotation matching up with the Dodgers? I mean, I mean, think- we, we just split a series with the Dodgers. It's not that it's not doable, but in a postseason where you can shorten your rotation where the Dodgers can throw four guys at us and we have to throw four guys, it doesn't match up well. 
No, and especially after coming off, if you would have won the wild card game, you wouldn't have Nola's no gone. Yeah, exactly. So, so you're getting him once out of that rotation. Yeah, it would be tough. Uh, your upcoming schedule, the, the series with the Tigers is actually a two-game series, and then you're off Thursday, and then you play three against the Braves, and then you play the Giants. So um, got a, pr- some pretty tough games ahead. So it'll give you a better idea of where the Phillies are. Hopefully um, by that 31st deadline, you will have added a starter. So we'll see how that goes. Um, so that will wrap up our MLB discussion. Uh, next week, we'll go, get into the post-deadline. So this year, there is a hard deadline, July 31st. That's it. There's no August 31st waiver. Um, everything has to be done by July 31st. So we'll know everything by next week. We'll discuss any big trades that happen. Um, so we'll get into that. When we come back, we're going to get into the mailbag. Uh, we're going to talk Odell Beckham. We're going to talk Russell Westbrook against some other topics as well. Right now, we're going to do our gambling tip of the week. Shuey. Whew. I'm just going to say our last episode, I subbed in, did the gambling tip of the week. I gave you a nice parlay, raise minus one and a half, Yankees minus one and a half, some nice odds, and it hit. The pressure's on. The people on the streets are holding their breath. Shuey, from what I've heard, you give them another loser this week, they might want me back permanently. I've heard the same, actually. Listen, I've heard this. Listen. Listen, listen, listen. As the people's champ, I will not waver. I will continue to de- to deliver the great picks. I've had a little slump recently, but don't worry. I got some for you guys this week. So thank you, Nick, for picking up my slack. But right now it's time for the king to take his throne back. So we'll see All right, what we so got. We'll have Shuey's pick coming right up, and then we'll be right back with the mailbag. Welcome back, boys and girls. Uh, it's been a couple rough weeks for me. I heard my boy Nick, he, he picked up the slack last week. Or, and uh, what, I, I can't even remember what he picked, but whatever he did, I think it was a parlay for you guys, but hopefully you got on it uh, this week. I think it's time the People's Champ takes back his throne, and uh, I got a pick for you guys. Right now, I was going to pick the hottest team in baseball, my, my my Nationals. But, you know, this time I said, let me switch over. The Yankees, they're coming in hot. Last night, they hit a bunch of, picked out a bunch of runs at the end. I think this time we're going to go with the Yankees uh, to beat the Twins. The money line right now is minus 110. So you might want to get on it before it changes. Don't think it will, but you might want to hop on and uh, let's do it. All right, boys and girls, hopefully you get that bet in from Shuey. Uh, he's promised a good one. I might actually sprinkle some action on it here, too. Uh, but let's get into everybody's favorite time of the week, the mailbag section. Oh, yeah. Uh, so we got a few questions from you guys. Uh, these have been built up over the last two weeks because we did not record last week. Uh, so we, we had a few. We kind of went through and picked our four favorites. Um, three of them actually came this week. So... Let's kick it off. I'm sure, Nick, you're going to have a lot to say about this. Odell Beckham made uh, some big remarks in his GQ article this week. What are your guys' thoughts on it? So my thoughts, I, I'm going to you know, Odell my favorite, and I've switched up, all that. Listen, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Odell Beckham was my favorite player on the Giants. I named my freaking cat after him. My cat is sitting by my feet. His name's Beckham. So uh, I'm not going to say, you know, anything about Odell in the past, but right now, Odell, you sound like a little whining bitch. 
move on. You sound you sound like an, a, a, a girl who got dumped and just can't move on. Move on. You're not on the Giants anymore. Why are you still talking about the Giants? Enough. It ended. It's over. You're a Cleveland Brown now. The Browns are going to see what we dealt with all this time. Enjoy the highlight catches. Enjoy the sideline antics. Enjoy the, the, the social media. Enjoy it all. But enjoy not winning. Enjoy Odell Beckham. He's a great player. He's probably the best wide receiver in the NFL, but he doesn't win. The catch, the catch that made him famous was the single worst thing that ever happened because it got to his head. And guess what? The catch is great. Everyone remembers that game against the Cowboys, Sunday Night Football, the catch. It was amazing. T-shirts were sold. The Giants freaking lost that game. But no one even remembers that because all that matters for Odell Beckham is the highlight play, the publicity, the, the, the GQ, the looks, the modeling, the outfits. He doesn't care about winning. All he cares about is himself. So enjoy your time in Cleveland. Leave my franchise out of your mouth and have a good luck in Cleveland with the so-called great fans that they have as Baker Mayfield wants to shit on our fans. We have the, and, and, and Odell wants to say, oh, well, the Giants are only relevant because of him. Guess what, Odell? The Forbes list uh, valuable franchises just came out. The Giants are number 10 on that list, and it's not because of you. And before you came to the Giants, we won Super Bowls, something you know nothing about. So we'll be good without you. We were good before you. We'll be just fine. Enjoy your time in Cleveland. You Are sound you so stupid. You sound so stupid right now. Are you done? I mean, no. Shiva, do you want to go first? I, you know what? No. Nick, you sound so dumb. Why? You stood up for this guy. You, oh, how great he is. First off, oh, he had that one good catch. Odell Beckham, since he's been in the league, is like top three receiver in every major statistical category. So to say he was only famous for that catch – it's so stupid. That's what and got him famous. Is let's, what I'm you, oh, you sound like a bitter ex who can't move on. You're bitching about the guy. First off, you're acting like the reporters in GQ and all these articles aren't asking him questions about it. Like, he didn't sit down and say, hold up, I don't exactly. care what you have to say, but Just let me say, bitch about the Giants. Exactly. But no, no, I let you talk shit now. So you want to bitch, oh, he sounds like a bitter ex. And then you go on this long rant about how we'll be better off without you. We don't need you. They'll see what we see. You sound like the ex that just got broken up with. Literally, this man signed a long-term contract. That's like you just proposed to him and then kicked him to the curb. You expect him not to be mad. Like, you just gave this guy all this money, this long deal. We're not going to trade Odell Beckham. Those are your GM's words. Yeah, by the way, you were pissed off because they traded Our Odell GM's Beckham. an idiot. I'm not and denying you, that. You were going crazy. Now it's, oh, good. It's glad we traded him. We don't need him. He was, was always about Odell. Like, you just sound so foolish right now, contradicting yourself from one week to another because a reporter asked him a question. Like, that is he so could, stupid. He didn't need to throw the Giants under the bus if he was a mature person. And he's a mature all, person. You guys, guys just convinced him that New York's the way to go, stay with us long term. He could have signed with any contender in the league, and instead you guys trade him to the fucking Browns. So then why did he want it? Why did he sign with us in the first place? If he didn't want to be in New York, if he said how miserable it was, why did he even accept the money in the first place? And second of what? all, the guy in the articles talks about how he was contemplating retirement. This guy's a head case. I don't want him on my team. He's going he's gonna to bitch and complain about reti possibly retiring at any moment. This guy is a diva. He's a diva. Every good receiver is a diva. And they don't win. Big receivers don't win. 
All right. I mean, I guess Jerry Rice jumping. didn't win anything, but all right. Jerry no, Rice wasn't go. a diva like Antonio you, Brown or, or Odell Beckham. But Antonio go. Brown's won championships, right? No, he did not. No, he hasn't. Uh, okay. Julio but, Jones right. is the closest thing to a but big let me, receiver. Let me, let, me ahead, just get in, let me get in here. Okay, all the reasons that you said you, you don't like him now or you're upset with him are the same things I heard you before. You would defend him. Uh, like uh, you ignored preach. you ignored all the sideline antics before. And then all of a sudden now it's oh, I can't believe this dude's a head case, blah, blah, blah. But before it was like, oh, that's just those you know, he's still the best receiver in the league. He's the only reason why we're watching the Giants, blah, blah, blah. I mean, let's be honest, everything he said in there was true. He said that he, the uh the main reason why people tune in for Giants games was what? I didn't watch Giants games unless they were playing the Redskins. You, maybe you. No, he, but he I, said the only true. reason Giants fans went to games was to see him. That is a load of shit. Well, when you guys, what was your record last year? Five, five and eleven. So were they going to see you guys make the playoffs, like win games? No. Like at what point? Obviously, people are going to watch the Giants. For, like anyway, they're fans. Yo, how many but, Sunday night football games do the Giants have this year? That's a good question. Because um, their record that... was bad. Because their record was. Their this record guy, was bad the he, year before, too. Right, this guy missed games. He's missed games every year. He missed the last four games of the season for no reason. I'm, the season I'm before sorry. that, he was missed the whole season. I'm sorry he broke his ankle trying last to make Last season, catch. he had no injury. He just skipped the last four games. Oh, stop it. Because they, you guys weren't doing anything. So what was the point of rushing him back, like coming back? There was no point. So all I'm saying is if someone's asked a question in an article – What's the point of getting mad at them for answering it the way that they feel? You'd rather not him make up some BS and be like, oh, well, I love the Giants. Well, tell us how you really feel. How about the same, the same thing happened with Lane and Collins when they asked him about why he came to, to Washington. He didn't like the way he was treated by the GM in New York. So at the same time, you had no problem with that then. So why now all of a sudden when it's Odell, you have a problem Listen, with it? Gettleman, I agree, is a, a dumbass. I'm not denying that. But I got to say, just give an answer. Say, listen, I my time in New York is over. I enjoyed my time there. I'm on the Cleveland Browns now. I want to talk about the future. But no, he's not going to say that. And guess what? You want to talk about players we'll pay to see? I'm going to go pay to see Saquon Barkley because Saquon Barkley is a better player than Odell Beckham. And Saquon Barkley is somebody he, – he, there was a quote that he had out last week said, you know, what's, if I get 3,000 yards and we don't win, what does that matter? That's the kind of player I want on my team. Not someone who's going to care about themselves, only cares about himself. But then one more thing, can Odell throw the ball too? Like, he, I know he catches the ball, but can he throw it too? Can he also play defense? Can, like, can he run the ball? Like, what more do you want him to can do? He about can he coach? How about this? How about, how about this? What? How about this? How about the one, the only big game Odell Beckham ever played in his life was the playoff game against the Green Bay Packers. And he dropped two touchdowns in the end zone. Eli Manning had a great first half, and he dropped two touchdowns in the end zone after he was just in Florida on a boat two days before the playoff game for no fucking reason. How you about sound that? so hurt. Took it real serious. You sound so hurt The only hurt big right game now. he ever played in his life, he dropped touchdown passes. Eli Manning played tremendous in the first half, and then the Packers got a Hail Mary before halftime, and the game was over. It wasn't Eli's fault they lost that game. It was the receivers who were off on the freaking boat in Florida two days earlier instead of focusing on the big game that they had. 
Well, like I said before, the Giants sucked then, and they will continue to suck now. Well, if we sucked uh, with him, we'll suck without him. We don't need him. He'll go to Cleveland. He might have some nice catches, and the Browns might go 9-7. and seven, But guess what? Within the next year or two, he's going to do the same thing, and he'll get traded somewhere else, and this will be a continuous carousel, just like it was for Terrell Owens. It's the same thing. He only cares about himself. He cares about his Instagram followers. He cares about his appearance and his. He cut his, his stupid hair. Great for you. His outfits. That's all he cares about. So congratulations, Odell. I'm done talking about Odell. He's on Cleveland now. Goodbye. Good riddance. The Giants won zero Super Bowls with Odell, so we don't need him. Well said, ex-girlfriend. Well Odell said. Beckham's name will come out of your mouth before Week Four on this podcast. I mean, we're going to talk. About, we're going to talk about the NFL. So I'm mm. obviously. Yeah, because he's him. going to be putting up numbers. So. Let's move on because you just sound hurt. I promise there's plenty of other fish out in the sea, Nick. We'll get you somebody you can love and cherish for a long time. How about Uh, Sterling Shepard? Speaking of couples and getting back together, Russell Westbrook reunites with James Harden in Houston. How do you guys feel about it? Uh, It's interesting to see, to watch. I mean, obviously, when you have more stars on one team, I didn't really count Chris Paul as a star anymore. But uh, he was just a really good, a good player. But when you have two superstars on the same team, that's obviously something to, to watch. I don't know how it's going to work when they play pretty much the same position. Uh, and they're both very ball dominant. Uh, they don't like to be off-ball guards. I think James Harden can be an off-ball guard, but I don't think Westbrook can. So, And I don't think Mike D'Antoni is the right coach for – a James Harden kind of team, maybe not James Harden, but a team that wants to win championship. Cause I mean, obviously I don't know if you've heard, but the Rockets ownership, they weren't too thrilled on Dan Tony coming back. So, I mean, it's just, I don't think that thing's going to work, but it'll be, obviously it'll be interesting to watch. I mean, Westbrook is box office, Harden is box office. So uh, I think it's going to be good for us to watch, but playoff wise at best, they probably like maybe the fifth, fifth or fourth seed it, it'll be exciting to watch and i think they'll be right in the same position they've been the past couple of years they'll be a contender but with i've always said it with mike d'antoni as your coach you're not going to win guess what this means this means russell westbrook's going to get to shoot more threes isn't that exciting isn't that what everyone wants to see russell westbrook shoot more threes something's got to change whether it be westbrook uh you know having the ball less or call me crazy maybe james harden can have the ball less and that's what they're going to need in order for it to work when they played together before, uh, Harden was more of a role player. Now, obviously, these guys, they, they, they talked about this. They wanted to play together. So they've obviously had some kind of discussion. They kind of know how things might work. Something's going to have to change. And Clint Capella, I'd watch your back because Russell Westbrook might steal some rebounds from you. <laughs> He's trying to pad those stats late in the game. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, I was going to say also, one thing about that is that stat chasing, stat padding, the triple double garbage that's got to stop. We probably won't see Westbrook with a bunch of triple doubles next year. Uh, I can't really see that happening. I also can't see Harden uh, doing the little dribbling for uh, 20 whatever seconds it is and then going up with like one or two seconds left on the clock or passing it. I just can't see that happening if they're going to try and be a title contender. Like- like, at this point, these guys are both, like, they're pretty much locks, I'd say, Hall of Famers at this point. Like, at, of course. At this point, like, 
it's time to maybe adjust your game a little bit. Like you've averaged a triple double three straight seasons. It's been amazing. Harden, you've averaged 30 points a season the last three seasons. Great. It's been amazing. But now maybe it's time to change your game a little bit to help win. Maybe that's what you want to take the next step and actually win. I think that's the issue is they need to adapt their play style. Dan Tony's not the coach to adapt. Oh, absolutely not. Capella, it, it's nice because Capella brings that defensive mentality a little bit down low, gives you some size. I, one of them has to be a dominant point guard, right? Because Harden was playing the one before Chris Paul got there. And then even once Chris Paul got there, Harden dominated at ball time. So either they have to adapt a different style where you spread the floor more, Harden can still shoot and play ISO, but you make it so Westbrook can do his cuts and get to the rim like he wants to. Or this team, you can't have Russell Westbrook taking five, six threes a game, right? Oh, no. I mean, three is an okay number for him. Because I mean, what's he shooting like? Twenty-eight percent from three. I mean, you really don't want that. So you have to find a way for him to be able to get inside and get those shots he likes. But and you know the that, you know the Rockets shoot, you know, their forty threes a game or whatever. Absolutely, but that's you have. If you're D'Antoni, you have to adjust to that because now you shouldn't do that with Westbrook. And you're not going to have the same spacing to do that with Westbrook. He's not Chris Paul. He's not okay with just being a floor general. So exactly, if they don't make any adjustments, they're going to be fun to watch. I mean, during a regular season game, this team could put up 140 one night. There's, but the the NBA in general is going to be so fun to watch. Like I literally can't wait for the NBA. Um, Stephen A. Smith, uh, they did it on first take, I believe. I, I'm I'm jotting it down. We'll, we'll do it next week. I want to rank duos. Our, rank our top five twosomes. Our, our, our top five, so obviously, you know, Harden, Westbrook, the top five twosomes in the NBA because there are so many great pairs um, that, that have been assembled this offseason. The NBA is going to be, you know, uh, amazing to watch. So our last NBA question, I this one was the one we put in here, the Ben Simmons contract. Oh. Oh, let's, do it. let's do it. All right, let's hear, let's hear the negative. Negative things from you first, Nick. I know you got a bit, bunch of them you want to get out here. You know, I, I've, I've already – my blood pressure is already through the roof, and I've already, you know, kind of exudes all my energy on Odell. But in, in, in summary, you know, Ben Simmons, you guys gave Ben Simmons the extension. He's a good player. You, you obviously want to build your team around him. So be it. Here's what I have to say. I want to see Ben Simmons shoot the ball next season. I want to see him improve. I don't care if he shoots. I'd rather him shoot 0 for 100 from three next year than what he's been doing. Go out there and shoot the ball. You've got to just start somewhere. Like like you said, Antetokounmpo is not a great three-point shooter, but he developed his game, and he's a decent three-point shooter, and he'll keep growing the more you shoot. It's like riding a bike. It's like anything. The more you do it, the better you'll get. Ben Look. Simmons is learning at a late age. But here's here's the here's the last thing I'll say, and then you, you guys can uh, take over. The Sixers play; they paid a lot of money for a guy who's gonna drive down the court and make big highlight reel dunks in meaningless regular season games, and then disappear down the stretch of big playoff games. So, uh, first off, I'm not. I was worried about the shot, but there's enough video coming out and him actually. Oh. Now, I'm not saying that last good. No, no, no. I'm not too. saying good. I'm saying he's shooting. So it's not like he's not practicing and, and trying to do it, right? I'm not saying he's going to come out and shoot that well during the regular season when people are playing real defense, but I'm saying he's making – it's not like he's sitting at home and not working on a jump shot. 
So he's out there. He's doing it. I'd imagine we see Ben Simmons take at least 43-pointers this year. That's less than one a game, well under it. It's like one every four, three games. What do we take? Yeah, you it's said like 40? I said, what did I say, 30, 40? So one every other game. 40. I'll guarantee we shoot at least 40. I'll, 35 over under. I'll take the over. So confident he at least shoots the ball, which is fine. But to say you won't give a max contract to a guy who averages 16, 9, and 9 in his second year playing in the league, when you, first off, you're not maxing him this year. The max doesn't kick in until the end of his rookie deal. So you still have him on his rookie deal for the remainder of this year. Then the extension kicks in, and that's on the max. So you're still getting Ben Simmons this year at his rookie deal number. And if Ben Simmons, Nick, for your, he doesn't shoot. If he shoots 35 plus threes this year, averages 22 to 25% on him, and his scoring now – He's probably the second option, third option still on the team. 20 points a game, would you give that player a max deal? 29 and 9 shoots shoots the ball at least. Is no, that a max player to you? No, yeah, knowing you'd lose him. Yeah, I would say I that's the thing. If he I just want to see him grow as a player a little bit. He's shown no growth in the last couple of years. I want to see, I've never seen someone with such a big hole in their game get paid this much money in any sport. I've never seen anyone with such a glaring hole in their game get paid this much money. Well, for me, it's like I'm not upset that he got paid. Of course, you want players to get paid, and that's what the market commands. Someone will pay him. Someone will pay him, and good. He's worked hard. He'll, he deserves <clears throat> the money. My only problem is I feel like Sixers fans aren't – they're not, like, more demand. Like, there's, I've, ta- I've seen – I've talked to some, and I've some, some of them just – they don't understand that the fact that he doesn't shoot threes is a huge problem. It is. Like, it's a huge like problem. People, like, people keep saying that, oh, he's going to get better. He's going to start taking threes, blah, blah, blah. But when you get into the league and year one, year one you don't shoot. Year two, you don't shoot threes. It's becoming a pattern, and it's something that is a bit worrisome. And you keep bringing up Giannis. Giannis shot 20, I think it was around, like, 26 or 25% from three. That means he's actually, like, taking them, and he's actually making some of these shots. And you can't say Ben Simmons is on that trajectory if he doesn't even attempt the shots. And there are videos of him. I saw the same videos of him playing in these workout uh, videos of him He's making threes. That To me, that doesn't mean anything because Carmelo Anthony, when he's – Working in the offseason, Hoodie Mello is probably one of the greatest basketball players <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. No, and look, so, I'm not I saying mean, I'm agreeing that those videos mean nothing to the fact of whether can he make them or not. What I'm saying is you can't say, all right, he's not working or he's not trying because the proof's there that he's doing it, right? But I'm sure I'm he's sure he's doing it last season, season too. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure before this season he probably takes them at practices too. He just it, And you have to have the confidence thing, to like, shoot it though. Right, like in practice, yeah. it doesn't matter. You don't have all the fans watching. Well, you're me- shooting, mental, so it doesn't matter. Mental, like, I don't think it's a mental Is it? A, I don't think it's a mental thing because he, he pulled up. What well, he took jump shots last year just he outside the, the paint. Game. Took jump. Yeah, shots. I don't... I'm saying he took the shots last year outside the paint. He wasn't trying to be a jump shooter by any means. He never will be. But and I, I don't think he has the yips. Here, no, the I, if you get comfortable to enough where he needs to practice and get comfortable, he's going to shoot this year. I'm not even questioning it. I would bet money on it, like I said, he shoots at least 35-plus three-pointers this year. Not today, a question in my mind. Today's NBA, obviously, shooting is a big deal. I'm not saying he's ever going to be 
you know, a great shooter. But all, honestly, for his game, he has to having take that threat take of a him. jump shot is going to make his game so much better because he'll have the threat that someone will have to come out on him and then he'll be able to drive to the basket. It's Absolutely. going to make his game open up so much more. So just but your argument is we shouldn't give him a max deal because he won't take a three. Imagine that the only fix in your mind that he deserves this max contract is just to shoot the three, whether or not, not he makes three. it. It's not just a three. It's a All right, jump shoot the ball. Shot. Whether or not shoot he it. makes it, just shoot a jump shot. That's ridiculous to say you want to give a max player because he hasn't shot the ball in two years. He's going to shoot the basketball. It's fucking basketball. He's going to shoot it. I'm not worried about <laughs> it. So far. I'm not worried about it. Ben Simmons will take 35 three-point attempts this year. I'll put money on it. Any one of you that wants to bet it, DM us. I will bet right now. Moving I, on. I'll probably take that bet, but uh, all right, we'll, we'll move on to our final question. Um, there's been robo-umps instituted in the minor leagues, which – I'm actually all for because these umpires are just horrible, especially Angel Hernandez. Um, but where else in life would you like to see robots put in? Uh, well, was I thought this was more towards sports? Or, yeah, or in sports. Well, for me, sports. I mean, I know you. I don't think you guys watch tennis like that. Oh, that's a good one. I, I think I don't think you need umps in uh, like line judges and whatever. I don't think you need that in tennis because. All you have to do is just have a robot tell you when the ball went out, where it went out. Like, they already have the screen that tells you whether it was in or out. The robot can do the same. So, I mean, you really don't need those judges on the side. And that would cause less confrontation because, I'm obviously, I'm sure you've seen some tennis players go off on some of these judges. So, I mean, it's it, it probably would make more sense if they had it in tennis. And with tennis, it's it's really, I think, a great idea because with the lines, it's it's really straightforward, you know, if it's in or out. With baseball, right. that strike zone, that box they have on the screen, you know, I feel like that's kind of objective. It doesn't really change. Like when Aaron Judge is up to bat or Jose Altuve is up to bat, the box, the strike zone is the same size. I mean, I, I just, I, I don't know how that, you know, works. Um, honestly, for me, I think I'd say – for food establishments. I think there was an episode probably of uh, SpongeBob um, where, the, <laughs> where the Krusty Krab instituted, um, you know, robots making the sandwiches instead. You know, people aren't the most high, uh, hi- hygiene, uh, you know, um, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Just the most, you know, they're not really clean. concerned about their hygiene. They're not the most clean. I mean, I should talk, but, um, you know, washing their hands and then making my food. I'd rather a robot do that. My uh, my only problem with that is that sometimes you know sometimes people like to give you a little extra food. So that extra chicken nugget, I know what you're talking about. The eleven piece, or, yeah. or 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 if you piss them off, they like to hock a loogie in your drink. I mean, I mean, you always have to take like, it so damn. Why you have to yeah, go that far, I'm, I'm going out to dinner soon. Yeah, huh. <laughs> always um, eat at home, fellas. I, yeah, I'm not a fan of the robots at home plate. Uh, just because now, how do you judge a call at home plate? Because you don't have an ump there anymore if you have a robot. Like, we saw the Jonathan Lucroy play the other night where the guy got demolished at home plate. How do you make that call if you're not right there? Well, how great would it be to see a manager arguing with a robot? Like, that would just be really funny, I think. Uh, yeah, maybe the first two times. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I It's baseball. It is what it is. I, absolutely, the MLB umpires have – I whatever the statistics they showed the other day that they've missed, like, yeah, I just said statistic like an idiot. Statistic. Today, Junior. No, they showed that they missed like 
or whatever balls and strikes a game, it's piss poor. I mean, that's their only job. These guys are making six figures a year to travel and call baseball games all summer. You have to do a better job of it, but you can't put a robot back there. It just takes away from the game, in my opinion. And the minor leagues are also working on being able to steal first base. Uh, we're just doing dumb things no, 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 at this no, no. point. You don't, you don't, you don't ruin the game. The game's been the way it is for so yeah, long. You don't ruin that. It. We're uh, not going to start extra innings with a man on second base. I hope that never. Uh, I just, hope that never happens. Uh, there, there is nothing more exciting than like on a Friday night or a Saturday night in the summer when you didn't have plans. You're just sitting at home drinking a couple beers, and there's a 17 inning baseball game on. Like I don't care. That gets me so fucking excited because you're going to see your third string right fielder fucking throwing two innings like. That's fun baseball. I don't care what you say. It's hilarious to me. Yeah. Oh, no. And that, and that would be taken away. I mean, in, in the umpires, and this is in any sport, defense, you know, it, it, it may look like they've gotten worse over the last couple of years. But honestly, I think it's just the advancements in technology, the HD replays. To which, see it. Yeah. It, because before we didn't have Fox batter's box where they can fucking show, oh, look at this trajectory. It just mm-hmm. missed by like half a millimeter. Like, that's so fucking dumb. Exactly. Right. Like, like, it's nice to see, but you're going to get more people bitching about stuff like this. I imagine if fucking Mickey Mantle or Lou Gehrig had a fucking robot behind <laughs> calling balls and strikes. They would have fucking ripped that thing apart. Right. I, I don't think it'll actually ever take off. But um, So that'll wrap it up. Now, next week, we have an interesting show. We're going to talk about the MLB trade deadline. And also, we're going to begin our NFL uh, divisional previews. So starting next week, we're going to preview the AFC East. And then the following two weeks, we'll preview – um, the NFC and AFC North, both of them, then the NFC, AFC South, uh, and then the following week, the West, and then the last week before the NFL season starts, we'll do the uh, NFC East. So next week, we'll do the AFC East. Uh, we might have a special correspondent who is a Jets fan join us for a little bit to talk um, about the Jets, and we'll preview the AFC East. Um, guys, any final thoughts here before we sign off for the week? Uh, thanks for listening. Appreciate you. Yeah, I don't have anything. All right, well, continue. <laughs> continue uh, following, subscribing, uh, checking us out on Twitter. Uh, f- subscribe to the podcast, and we will see you next week. Hopefully, our teams make some moves, and uh, keep it locked in on our Twitter page. We'll be commenting if any moves go down, and then next week here on the podcast, we'll be discussing as well. Have a great week, everybody. See ya.